Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Our speaker, Keith, will now share his experience for 20 minutes on Steps 8 and 9. How's everybody doing? Steps 8 and 9. Come after my favorite steps, six and seven, because I didn't have to hold myself accountable. Now we need more action, without which we find that faith works without. Faith without works is dead. Let's look at the steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom whom we are willing to make amends. A lot of people skip over that. A lot of people that I've been through make you make those amends to everyone. And the book states right there, to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. how it works about the timing we made a list of persons who we had harmed and made willing and became willing to make amends to them all change it in here to them all but in the original book it states that we have to agree to the ones that we can I uh, I got a divorce and uh, after 21 years of marriage I used to say that 10 happy years of marriage, and she hated it because we had been married 20 years at that time. 10 of them sucked. She was an alcoholic, a raging alcoholic, and we've been divorced 15 years now, and I made amends to her three weeks ago. And um, she cried. She cried. She couldn't even respond, and then finally she texted me, and she said, I can't make amends to you because I don't remember the last 10 years of our marriage. I drank and, and did so many drugs. Um, we were at the camping trip last year and um, Travis and I met for the first time and there was a large Indian man there with a larger stick and um, I had made a comment about how I had never made amends to my father before he died and he said you can do it now after the meeting he came up to me and he said you can do it now the trees always listen and I was like what he says yeah go down there and talk to the trees I said, well, I got a volleyball game, I got horseshoes, I got this, and he said, go to the trees. And I walked down to the trees and made amends to my father. I had this burden on my shoulders that I'd been carrying since he passed, because I, I didn't talk to him for the fast, last five years of his life. And then he had passed, and uh, I never got that chance, and so I was, I was carrying it. Even though a lot of 
you know, he was my first qualifier. He beat me my entire life until I fought back um, at 17. He moved out. I was the breadwinner in the house. I was going to high school, playing football. I was all state. And I had a concrete business, and I was pouring concrete, paying the bills at the house. I didn't have that luxury of going to school. The, the football, I, was, I, I held records for, for all of South Bay for tackles and everything. And the college recruiters would come because it was so crazy. Because I had such anger, I had such such internal you know, uh, drama going on that I took it out on the other players. Um, Coronado disbanded their football team because we beat them so bad one year, and that's the one I still hold a record to. And and they used to tell me if you were that much taller, <laughs> I'd send you anywhere in the whole United States. I didn't have that luxury. I went to work, and um, I I uh, I did the best I could, and I drank. Um, to numb the pain. And when I, when I walked into those trees and I got down on my knees and I asked God to take that away from me, um, it was like he literally stepped down and took it away. We went to the uh, campground just a couple weeks ago, sitting in the, under the same tree. And um, I go to a share that, you know, where I had made that and how great my life has been. And we'd gone out on a walk that day, and I opened my phone to um, put the pictures on to share them to Facebook, and the memories popped up. And it was six years ago to the day that my father died, that day. And I'm sitting under the same tree that I made the amends to. Those kind of things just don't happen in life um, to people that are, are going down that negative path. When you set forth, you know, I used to say I go down the 15 freeway for most of my life, and I got to Temecula, and I say, hey, there's a 215. I want to try that. It's almost the same. It's just got a two in front of it. And that's when my life changed. Same thing with this program. That's when things started changing for me, when I started going down a different path. And I quit doing to me, poor me, poor me, poor me every day of my life. When I started doing the positive things and started doing those things that, that changed my life, the first couple of times I went through the steps, we're, uh, like we did the other day at, at Pioneers, in and out in three hours. Skipped through one, two, and three, started on four, went through six and seven, skipped through to 10, and then went through there. And I, and, and I never kind of faced those things that, that, that scared me in life, uh, which were my own demons that I was carrying along. So I made that amends to my ex-wife, I made that amends to my father, and I went out to dinner with my boys last Sunday, and we were sitting there, and we were talking about um, th things from our past. And this book teaches us, you're gonna trigger things, and you're gonna remember things that you've blocked out. I've blocked out so many things in my life that I didn't wanna remember, take to the grave stuff. And I made amends to my two kids. Sorry. I don't know. They both looked at me and they said, you're the best dad there ever was. We didn't know we'd never went without. Been to Disneyland a thousand times. You know, I did things to try and make up for the fact that their mom was drinking and that I was drinking. And I was drinking because she was drinking. I went to Al-Anon. Two years of Al-Anon. I was running a meeting, you know, with 80 people. Hey, I got this shit. And my sponsor says, what are we going to do with your alcohol? I didn't realize that spiritual malady. I didn't realize what I was doing. Those half measures coming through the program, and just I'm gonna choose the steps that I wanna do that aren't gonna make me face my past and aren't going to hurt me. And that's what I did. And when I finally came into the BBA and did the book study, because it's hard stuff, it's gritty stuff. 
You're going to pull up stuff in your life that you don't want to remember, but you have to remember. And then all of a sudden, I'm telling you, I'm a guy that, poof, it's gone. Those things that I made those amends to and tried to clear up my past, when I did them, it went away immediately. Um, step nine. I, um, we don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. Even in these cases, however, we try to repair the damage. However, indirect or incomplete the reparation may be, some kind of action is required. Even if the person we harmed is dead, we can do something to make amends for the injury we cause. That's step nine. Eight and nine just tells you no matter what it is, no matter what you have that's hanging over you, it, it, we had somebody share last week that they were going to go to prison, you know, and they said, you got to go clear that up in your past. And that, I think that was at the meeting on the Saturday. And uh, then you can come back here and you can start clear up all of that because those half measures aren't going to do you anything. That step eight and nine are the ones that you face yourself because 10, 11 and 12 is the maintenance. You're coming through one, two and three and you get down on your knees and you, you surrender to what this program's about. Four, five, and six, and seven, are you cleaning up your past? Eight and nine is one that teaches you to let that all go and turn around so that you can get into step 10, step 11, and step 12. Eight and nine are some of the most important ones out there, and they're the hardest ones to face because they're the ones that you have to get to. I, I went to a um, um, study in North Carolina, and it was run by a, a nice Asian family, and they had rice paper. And we would write down that on the rice paper, and then we would soak it in warm water and we'd eat it. And then she would say, when you shit it out, it's all gone. <laughs> I just loved it, because it was a, a, a metaphor in life that just get rid of that shit. Get it out of your life. And have this sweet little Asian lady tell me that. It actually worked. I mean, we do where we write it in a letter where you can't, where it's going to hurt them and that, but you feel like it's hanging over your head. Write it down in the letter. Go to that fire meeting on Saturday night and throw that thing in the fire and let it burn and let that go out of, into the sky and let that, let that take place. I mean, David and I, from Oliver, you know, learned how to do the eight and nine in uh, Denny's uh, early bird special. They just thought we were senior citizens coming in for the, for the cheaper meal. And we, it was an empty place we could actually come and talk about this. And, and we face a lot of the stuff. But each time I do it, something else comes back. Something else comes into my mind that I remember. And it triggers something else and maybe two things down the line. So I, I've gone through the steps so many times that I can't recommend it enough how it's changed my life um, by doing those eight and nine because it to start over the process and come back in I mean I was a, a person that came in and then I said this is not for me and I came back in again I'll try Al-Anon and I went through Al-Anon for two years and I said you know alcohol is still controlling my life I'm just not drinking it now but it's still controlling me and so I went back out again and I drank for a couple of years but I just didn't like it anymore it wasn't what it served its purpose for in the beginning. And I knew if I went down that road again, I would do something stronger this time and something stronger then, and something stronger that was going to take that pain away from me. So I just started facing them. And that eight and nine, when you make that list, that's what makes you face that. 
I, I was able to put down a paper, do the work, even if it's just by yourself. And if you can't read it to anybody else, go outside and read it to the trees. The trees always listen. And I've done, I've used that so many times. We, we have a, a bunch of people that I, I walk with and their higher power is mother nature. It, 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 it is the outdoors. It is a tree because that's where this all stems from. And there's a lot of other ones like me who, who I had lost a, a child, a daughter, and um, I had two autistic boys. And everyone used to go, oh yeah, Keith, poor Keith's got fucked up kids. They're my kids, I love them to death. My youngest son makes jelly, most of you have tried it in here, if not, come and see me after a meeting. Um, and my oldest son, he's a full-time bartender, he's never had a drink in his life, works 40 hours a week there, he works 40 hours a week at a gym as a personal trainer. Um, and then he's a stand-up comedian, two days a week. And um, he's like, Dad, I, weren't, I got my work ethic from you. You know, so during that process, I was doing something right. But I had the anger when I had the poor me's with my child passing and my kids and all this stuff that kept down on me. I never got a chance to enjoy the process. I think when I bought my first Harley, I learned that it's the journey, not the destination. It's on every freaking fat guy's t-shirt up there in Sturgis. So you, you, know, you have a tendency to throw enough shit at a wall, it's gonna stick. So I, uh, I'm like, you know, you're right. Because we were driving 90 miles an hour to get to Sturgis. And we were passing all this beautiful country on the sides. And we didn't stop and suck any of it in. We just wanted to get there. And um, eight and nine got me to that point where I like this journey a little bit. You know, I'm enjoying this. I, uh, I call you guys my friends now. You're not my, my sober friends. You're not my alcoholic friends. You're my friends. I mean, and this is how my life goes on uh, by coming through here. You ever need any help with any of the steps? My number's always on. I never shut it off. I sleep a little bit more these days. But... Uh, I'm here to help you. So if anybody's got any questions, just let me know. If not, I'll take another 24. Thank you, guys. Hi, Luis, alcoholic. Keith, thank you so much for your share. <clears throat> My daughter had her first ballet performance this weekend, and we took her for her the first performance on Friday, and my son and I dropped her off. And we passed by San Diego State. It was our Patrick Henry, and I hadn't been back there in a long time. And as we were passing San Diego State, uh, I was sharing with my son how his grandpa went to San Diego State, uh, my uncle went to San Diego State, my mom went to San Diego State, I went to San Diego State. And um, I shared with them for the first time that I actually didn't graduate from San Diego State, that even though I had senior credits, <clears throat> I, uh, I just didn't like the, the path I was on as far as education. And this is back in 1998, the internet was taken off and my heart was just on that. And when I tried to switch majors, it just, I had to start all over and I just wasn't willing to spend one more semester in something that wasn't towards what I really wanted in life. And so I, I, um, I made up a plan and I gave myself a year, you know, that I would pursue my dream by every book I could. And if I couldn't, if I couldn't learn on my own, um, then I would, uh, would go to some private school. And so I went to my parents. Education was a big deal in our family. And so 
They listened and my mom just asked me one question. She said, well, what if you can't teach yourself? And I said, well, I've got this plan. And they said, okay. And I was writing something, I got a new project going on. And so I shared with my son and then I realized as I was writing something that, that I was looking for my parents' blessing. And even though this word didn't really, was part of my vocabulary, they gave it to me. And you know, and the reason I bring it up is because up until I hit bottom, man, I hated my parents for the stuff that happened as a child. But I'm so grateful that this process allowed me to, through the fourth step, you know, to look at my resentments, look at where I was wrong, and come to that place of forgiving my parents, making those amends. And, um, and upon reflection on the weekend, I was like, I don't know if I ever said thank you to my parents, like from my heart. But I was like, I called my mom and I, and I shared all this. And I said, you know, mom, and I don't know if, if I actually said thank you, but I just want to say thank you for, for the blessing that you guys actually. And I said, the, you know, I was never really a good student. And I was like, did you know, you know, maybe university wasn't for me? She goes, well, remember, I was at school, too, at the same time. She goes, and there was classes that she was on the education track trying to become a teacher. She goes, there's classes I just didn't like either. And she's like, and you seemed determined and you had a plan. And, you know, uh, six months later, I sold our first project, made 7000 A year later, I was, you know, I got my first job doing web design. And, you know, a few years later than that, we started our company. And, I mean, I've never looked back. You know, it's just been... And the thing is, is I eventually I had so much success that I got hit with imposter syndrome. And alcohol just helped me, you know... Uh, cope and so um, wherever you are in your journey you know um, these steps really do bring us to a new freedom and a new happiness and more importantly like peace somewhere in our book towards you know in steps nine it talks about we will know the word serenity and peace I didn't have any of these words I didn't know them but today I do you know and today you know, um, I get to model leadership and bless my own kids, you know? And so this whole meeting is a blessing, you know? And I thank, I thank God, you know, for, um, for all of you being here today. This is, based, this is started out as a dream, you know, a few years back. And I love that it's a very loving and supporting group and, and we're just here for each other one day at a time, one week at a time. Thank you. Alcoholic addict, my name's Travis. Travis. Um, step eight and nine, yeah, those are, um, you know, you always hear, let us love you until you can love yourself. And I had an extreme case of that. I just hated myself when I first got here. It's all the remorse, all the regret, all the missed opportunities, everything that I just couldn't let go of. I had the spiritual malady that Keith taught me about that I just, it just was a, had a profound impact on me once I learned about how that worked. And, um, it was one of the things that actually allowed me to start moving along in my life um, and actually believing that I deserve, believing that I'm worth it, believing that I deserve a great girlfriend that I have in my life that shows me love that, you know, I never thought I deserved. And um, it's allowed me to connect with everyone on another level that um, I never even really knew existed in life. And it's because of the program and because of the fellowship that has enabled me to have that um, 
the faith without works thing is dead. And I never, I used to just think that was a joke, you know, because I always just had such a problem with religion. And not God, but just religion. And I'm one of those people that, that he talks about the outdoors, you know, it's just uh, for some reason, I, I'm, it's horrible for me to be alone by myself. Like in my, I get in my head and I just go to these places and it's just, I just, it's just psychotic what I, you know, the thoughts that go through my mind. But for some reason, when I get out to nature and I'm alone, um, it brings me a peace that I, I can't explain that I connect with. And um, when we were camping, I was able to do my 11th step with him. And um, I reflected back on my eighth and ninth that day as well, just being out there because of the story that he just told. And um, if you're having, if you're struggling with it, or if you haven't figured out how to do that, um, it's definitely an empowering part of my program. And I still have a few that I need to make because I'm not from this state. And um, a lot of those people are back home. And um, it's something that, you know, it, 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 having done the ones that I've needed to do, and I still have a few more to do that I just haven't felt were the right time. Um, I just got to get on it because I know how freeing it was to do the ones that I've already done. So if you haven't, please get on it for yourself, for your own sake, because those are the ones that keep you sick and uh, you will get drunk over, in my opinion. That's all I got. Bernie Alcoholic. You know, 89 gave me freedom. To be honest, it gave me freedom. You know, growing up as a gang member and, um, you know, I had to make them, when I graduated the ARC uh, program on May 1st, um, my parents were there. They came all the way from San Bernardino to come and see me graduate, you know, accomplish something positive for the first time in my life. Actually, some, I get to finish for the first time in my life. And, um, you know, I had to make amends to my mom because, um, my mom's my best friend, she's my everything, you know? She knows everything about me. And um, my mom would not go to sleep until she made sure I got home in one piece. You know, I always felt guilty for putting her through that, through that pain, you know? Um, being a gang member, you know, there's a lot of risks out there in the streets. And, um, you know, she would always make sure, you know, I was good coming home, made it home. You know, and I always felt bad about that. So when I graduated the program, went to go eat and I made amends with her. She was the last person I had to make amends. And um, basically we both cried and um, she was like, I, I know, you know, I forgive you, you know. You've always been a good kid, but uh, I don't know what's going with you with those, those years. But see, those years, I was, getting, uh, I was getting the beat down from my dad. My dad was a raging alcoholic. And I wasn't getting the love and, you know, and respect that I should have got from my parents, you know, because I was a pretty good kid, I thought I was. And um, since I wasn't receiving the love and guidance, protection that a family should give you, I found that on the streets, I found it in my gang. And that's where I was getting all the love and attention, you know, that I wanted from my family. So that was a totally different type of love and respect you know, but I was getting in, that's where I felt kind of comfortable. So, you know, realizing, you know, all those years in prison and deep, you know, getting locked up, you know, made me realize that I had to change my lifestyle, you know. Alcoholic, 38 years, drug user, 
you know, I had to change my life. So July 26th of last year, I made the best decision I've ever made in my life. Just go and join the ARC, you know, Salvation Army program and graduated. You know, it's a blessing, you know. I'm going on 11 months next week. Um, you know, I'm also the resident manager now there. I'm a staff member. Man, my life is falling in place. It's awesome. And it's due to, you know, getting that freedom from all my steps. You know, I worked all my steps on my fourth one again, but the eighth and ninth, that meant a lot because uh, it gave me all the freedom I needed and I can continue. Thanks, I'll take another 24. Shrini alcoholic. Um, Keith, it's always nice to come and hear your story. I mean, it's always positive for me to be in a meeting. That's how I realized I needed to get sober, by coming to meetings, supporting my boyfriend, because he was the one that was an alcoholic. I'm an addict and an alcoholic. I have an addictive personality. And I knew it was bad because I tried to stop so many times and for so many years on my own, and I always end up in the same place. Always in the same place. But coming to these meetings and listening to the stories that I heard in these rooms were like, this is where I need to be. Um, I come from a family that there's so many alcoholics in my family that to me it was normal to see that. To, to me that was normal when I was growing up. Um, I guess it didn't become normal when I saw myself getting out of control. Um, I didn't realize all the harm that I was doing to my family and to myself and to those people around me until I came to the program. Until I started going through those steps. Until I saw the damage that I've caused and I would always blame everybody and I need to see my part in it. And every step that I've been through in this program has been like a, lot, a weight lifted. Just like you say, like it's just like, it feels literally like that, like whole backpack full of rocks just came off of me. And um, going through all my steps with my sponsor was just like, whew. Every step was, there was a cry moment and every step, every step felt liberating. Um, but that making amends, oh my God, that was huge because I could never ever in my life before accept that I did anything wrong. No, I always, always, always had excuses. And I, it, it was always, I always had a reason and a, a, an excuse for why I acted a certain way, why I did a certain way, and I was right. I was always right. Um, and so I saw my part. And now I see my part in everything. And that was probably like one of the biggest changes in, in who I am today. And how I act and how I see people and how I carry myself 
and 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 make it amends. I mean, today I can make amends and accept, oh man, I did that. I mean, I want to say sorry right now because it's going to keep me up. Like, it would bother me. I knew that I had excuses for things, but it would keep me up. And the moment that I, 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 I saw my part in things and I started making amends, I don't sleep, I, I don't go to sleep with those things in my head. Those things don't fester in my brain and just keep me up at night anymore. And um, today it's easy to make amends right away because I don't want that to be there. Today is easy to just be a better person. So I don't have to have to make amends. So my name is Shereen and I'll keep coming back. Yes. Thank you. Octavio Alcohol. Like to say, at any length, right? Even with pajamas, I want to work hard. <laughs> Got home at five after work, and I was just like, man, I'm relaxed after dinner. And I said, I got to listen to that voice, go to the meeting, right? So I'm here. One of the hardest, I think, amends for me was like my father. Like, I was angry at him for all the secrets. And, and you know, he came from Mexico, was married over there, had kids, came here, married my mom. We were like 12 years old, and then finally broke it down, right? But I had that secret for like two years because he told me when he was drunk, and so I was angry at that, angry at him trying to, I'm gonna say just traumatize the whole family, man. Like he chased my mother with a gun and pinned him to the wall. Cops get there, hit the gun, and I just told the cops, I don't know anything about no gun, you know? So then I was like, why am I protecting him? I hate him so much. But then I became him. So it was a little process. And I'm his caregiver now, I help him out. So, change his diaper, get him in the shower, and wipe his ass, all that stuff, you know? And then he told me, tu te acuerdas que yo te hice esto cuando estabas chiquito, right? Like, meaning like, I'll clean you, and I did all this. It's, it's like a revolving door. But one of the things I learned through this program is, for me, right? Y'all probably think different, but for me, I know my dad did the best he could with the tools he had. And I learned this through therapy and all the hard work I've done. But even that, you know, um, my my um, uh, my son's mom. I never married her, but she passed away already. She was on dialysis and struggling, and and um, and then that was one of the men's that I was able to do to her because, again, I always find a reason to be mad at somebody, right? And I drink at it, and like she stopped taking her pills. She got pregnant. I had some plans. I don't want to get too much into my plans, but the, the I was angry at her, and. I follow the advice of the wrong people, right? You just say, if you're gonna follow advice, follow people that are successful. Well, I had a buddy and my parents, well, I'm gonna say my father, they just told me, when you get married, just just do, don't set the standards so high, just don't come home, don't answer the phone. <laughs> this is crazy stuff, right, you listen to. So with my marriage, I'm just so lucky, right? And you know, I think some of you met my wife already, but I did that, you know, I, I just drank cross the border, if I want to come home, I come home. Sometimes I answer the phone, I tell him I want to get home when I want to get home, because that's the way I learned from my father. But then again, I had to learn through the process of apologizing, the process of being a better man. So it's, I'm not just going to say, hey, hey, I've done therapy, I've done men's group. My master's program through San Diego State, I even had to do therapy, and I've done a lot of other programs without 
get into it. So to me, it's uh, God that has given me the, the strength, you know, to move forward. So thank you. All right. Hello, Mary Alcoholic. Oh, gosh. Sober by the grace of God in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, my sobriety date is July 11th, 2013. That was the day that I was reborn. And uh, it's funny because my, uh, my experience was, you know, just like a, an awakening, a spiritual awakening right there and then. And I, don't, I didn't want to drink, you know. I had an... an eye-opening, like, wow, you know, where was I the last few day, few years, you know? Where was I? And uh, I always tell everybody the only time I wanted to drink was when I wasn't getting my way or, um, you know, when I was uh, full of self. Um, it was the only time I wanted to drink. And uh, today that I don't even um, feel uh, that urge when I don't get my way uh, because I practiced the program to the best of my ability, you know, and I took those steps. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for uh, speaking your truth on the 8th and 9th. Um, wow, you just brought, you know, a lot of, you opened some doors for me and, uh, you know, I can relate, you know, to, um, I was in Al-Anon myself and, uh, you know, I went back home to Chicago a couple weeks ago, and uh, <clears throat> uh, my husband, who my first husband, my husband, he, uh, <laughs> you know, I always wished him the worst, you know. I always blamed my drinking on him, and I lost everything because of him, and uh, I, wished him, I wished him, you know, the worst. Um, and... Uh, you know, but I forgave him, but I learned something about myself in this program. You know, I don't get mad. You know, I can forgive you, but I get even, you know? You know, I have this, um, I don't know, this way about me that I learned that I gotta, you know, I gotta keep in check. And uh, so my way of getting even was always wishing that, you know, he wouldn't be happy. And uh, so we had a big party and he was there and, you know, he told me he wasn't happy. And uh, I, did, I, I felt bad for him, you know? And it's like, you know, you know, it's not how I live my life. It's not like, oh, well, I'm glad you're not happy, you know? Um, because I forgave him, I truly forgave him. You know, and then first, I forgave myself, you know, because, you know, there was a lot of that. You know, I had to forgive myself for a lot of stuff, you know, as well. But uh, my first experience with forgiveness, I love eight and nine, um, and six and seven too, especially, because you know, I got this ego sometimes that rears its ugly head, and I gotta keep that, you know, my character defects in check because then I have to do an eight and nine, you know? I have to do you know, some living amends and stuff, but you know, my first experience in the program uh, was uh, you know, that whole forgiveness, forgiving myself, you know? Um, and it was when I was doing my fourth step and, you know, I met with a sponsor and something that I thought I was going to take to my grave, you know, came up. And, um, you know, I, I didn't even know that uh, that was something I was carrying, you know, that rock that you had talked about, you know, just carrying that heavy load. And, uh, you know, when I, when I just said it, when I 
shined light on it and put it on the table, um, you know, I was free. You know, I was free from that. Um, and uh, it was basically just like, you know, I could say I just had abortion. And, uh, you know, I told her it wasn't even on my fourth step. And then I had to forgive myself. And I went home and I found a place where I can heal. And I did that whole healing by burning, you know, just all that stuff. And, you know, it was great. It was great. But, you know, those things just don't happen, like Keith said. You know, you come to the program, you really work on this program, and uh, things happen like that. You know, God happens. God shows up for you. Uh, and it's this program, it's just a miracle. I mean, things just happen and uh, gets you exactly where you need to be. Um, and yeah, so with that, I will take another 24 hours and thank you. Thank you for listening. My name's Jason, I'm a recovered drug addict, alcoholic. Hi, Jason. Um, thank you, Keith. Love you, brother. It's awesome. The, you know, page 83 in the book, it, it's one of my favorite pages. It tells me that there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. Long period, right? So, yes, I've recovered and I've gone through my steps multitude of times. I've made amends to the people that matter to me, the people that don't necessarily matter to me, the harms that I've done. But what is this long period of reconstruction? What does that really mean, you know? Um, right after that, it says that we sit down with the family and we frankly analyze the past, right? So a lot of us in here have this past and these broken marriages and these broken homes and all these new lives that we've created, right? What about those of us that have been in this whirlwind tornado for the last 30 years and everything kind of settles down and you're with all the same people? What does that amends look like? That is a long period of reconstruction, right? Um, sure, I was able to make the list, list my harms, state them very calmly, ask you, did I leave anything out? What can I do to make it right? But think about it. They're still being put on the spot, okay? That's the truth. Even when you tell them, hey, when you're ready, I wanna do this with you, right? Not only have they been in this whirlwind tornado, right? <laughs> They're being put on the spot. And what are they really gonna tell you that you left out, right? So sitting down with a family and frankly analyzing the past, I believe goes hand in hand with this long period of reconstruction, not necessarily your initial amends and not I'm good because that's a bunch of bullshit in my life. It's not right. So the truth is that for the, my son's 32, my son's 27, my wife's 52. We've been together 29 years. Um, I don't know how I have harmed you. I don't know. All I know is that I've harmed you emotionally, spiritually, and physically. That's all I really know. Now, I can list it, but it's kind of arrogant of me to tell you, right? It's, it's one thing to make this initial effort, but the truth is I'm speaking from experience where I'm at today, right? So now I get to go to them and say, when you're ready, I'm willing. 
to sit and listen to how you feel I've harmed you. And you know what? That scares the shit out of me. And there's times where I don't know that I'm ready for that. I don't know. I'm, I was a narcissist, man. I mean, it's tough. I've caused so much. There's been so much manipulation, infidelity, lying, cheating, abuse, emotional abuse that's gone on within this tornado that has settled, but we're all still right there. It's not like I'm over here with somebody else and these new kids and, you know, and, yeah, and it's cool. I made my man's. No, it's not like I sleep next to that woman, right? And so the thing that's even crazier is they're not ready. And how does that make one feel, right? That's something that you have to really understand the damage that you have caused. You know why they're not ready? They're too scared. They're too scared. I had my wife come to me and say, this immense thing, it's bullshit. And I say, well, honey, when you're willing to sit down and tell me I am here, I want to listen. I'm afraid of how you're going to react. So what do you do with that? See, these are the things that, this is real, right? This isn't, I do not believe that in my life and in my recovery, sure, there was a, I made amends to the guys that I took your girlfriend. I made amends to the guy that got fist fights in the street. I made amends to the guys that I stole money from. I made amends to my father, who's a drug addict and alcoholic, and still is today. Amends to my mother, amends to my brother, amends to other people. And yeah, those are good, right? But there's those three. And I don't know. I don't know. And it scares me. And it raises doubt. It, it makes me question program at times, like what's really happening here? Because everyone's like, I'm free, I'm free. Come into my house for a week, dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's the truth. Like, the loneliest I've ever been in life is sleeping next to my wife. And that's what got me here. Right? That's crazy. And that was after 18 years of being with her. So to have the faith in this program and this process and the power of God in my life and just to continue to say, I'm willing when you're ready because I don't know. And I've talked to men that have, that have suggested me down this path that it took them 15 years in recovery before some members of their family were willing to sit down with them. That's a hard pill to swallow, right? But the spiritual life, it's not a theory. We have to live it. And it says that on that same page. And so that's all I can do is try and live it. So thanks for the show. Linda Alcoholic. Yeah. Oh, as I've understood in this program, and I know that um, I, what I'll be doing with the steps for the rest of my life is doing them over and over again. I've, been, I've had the privilege of doing 12, the first, or doing 1 through 12 already, but it's not nearly I'm, I mean that was just the first round um, and I did it specifically to make amends to that I could make the best of my ability and um, I was taught for this person and this is my sister is that every day that um, you know that I've a lot was lifted with um, a lot of stuff that has happened between us and we've been um, we haven't been in com communication for 11 years so um, I've just had to put a lot of things, a lot of anger and resentment and hurt down on paper to get it and to give it to God to let it all go. And that, that was the experience I got was that I, I was lifted and I don't feel those things anymore. But I also learned too that um, everything that I um, want in life, I pray for her to have too. 
You know, I want her to have the best in life. I want her to have all the riches in life. Anything that I want, I want for her to have to have it too. And um, and then that's all, you know, and then I've, I've, I've learned from another person too, like just imagine the next time you might see her, just envision hugging her. And I was like, that's the thing that I think about on the daily. Because I honestly, when I'm getting ready and I'm in the shower is when I do some of my prayers and when I pray about my sister. And then um, envisioning, you know, the first time ever seeing her again is, and just having a hug. So that's what this program has taught me is that, you know, I'm gonna evolve and it's never gonna, it's never ending all the steps to work. And I look forward to um, getting a lot of things on paper and getting a lot of the past on paper and so I can become current. And it's gonna take years. I know it's not, this is not a fast process. And I wanna do it differently this time because I did a little BBA steps on my, some of my steps, but I wanna do all BBA the next time, so. That's all I have. Thank you. Dave, alcoholic. Hi, Dave. Thanks, Keith, for your, your share on uh, 8 9. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, when I got, got here, you know, you, you, I, I'd been here before, and I did absolutely nothing. And I didn't do the steps, and I did look at the steps as being like an a la carte program. I'll have a little bit of one, a little bit of five, maybe some of this, maybe some of that. I'm definitely not doing that four, and I'm definitely doing nine. And, and I got nothing out of it. And so when I got here and I, I sat with a sponsor and I did the four and five and ended up, you know, going through the people that I had problems with and people I had resentments with. And, and then they said, I'm going to have to do some, you know, to the people I was willing to do it, those amends. And one of the hardest ones was also my father. And my father was um, failing health and was dealing with almost Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's, you know. And I was never there for my mom who had passed many years earlier. And so some of that was com coming on me and saying, okay, now you, you didn't do right by her, but now I tried to do right by him. And I, he's not where I'm at, but... I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, I don't know, you know, and I have my story. Um, every night I would pray to a God that I didn't understand, didn't have, I hated, that I, um, I prayed for death every night. And I'd be pissed that I'd wake up. And this is my father, and my father is brought up Catholic. His brother was ordained by the Pope to say we were religious as a little bit. And... Uh, Doing those amends with him was tough, and uh, but free. And actually, as you said, I, I couldn't, I don't remember any of it. So all I can say is I'm sorry for a blur, and I just wish you had a better son. I'm glad you have two good sons, and I'm sorry you had this one. And he said, no, you know, you're my favorite. And my, my brothers and sisters, when I share this story with them, they say, you know, that's when the dementia kicked in. You know, and they said, you know, that he didn't know who he was talking to, you know, and that stuff. And he goes, no, I, I've been praying for you my whole life that you get that, that burden off your back. And you talk about that freeing, you know, it's not in your time, it's in a power greater than myself's time. And that weight was lifted off me. And when I all of a sudden realized after my dad passed away, I'm going up next month to go put his remains at the top of a mountain next to my mom. 
And he said, you know, you know, at that moment that I had my accident, my God finally that I've been praying to for the longest time granted my wish. And he granted my father's wish. When I hit the back of a UPS truck in an instant, I died. The alcoholic Dave died and the Dave, Dave that my father had been wishing for his whole life or my whole life is here in front of you today. And what I do with it is on that person's time, not mine anymore. You know, and I, I'm not, I'm out there in nature. That's where I find them. And I realize I haven't been out there in a bit, so I need to get out there a little bit more. But that it's only, it's not in my time. It's in everybody else's time. It's in your time. And so that's what that freeing part is. You know, I may want to go and, do all that to everybody else and say, here, you know, yeah, I'm really sorry. I don't remember a damn thing, but I'm sorry for something. No, it's not. That's not how it works. It's got to be, you know, it's that living immense. So I just got to keep on living today and the rest will show up. I, don't, I didn't know I was going to be here tonight. But you know what? My higher power did. So I just got to be on today's page. So thanks. I'll be taking another 24. Thank you. Good evening, my name's Jose, and I'm an alcoholic, uh, alcoholic addict. Um, stay paid at night. I'm on stay paid right now. Um, I didn't thought I was going to be able to make the list. That's more like a book for me. Um, yeah, I'm still not even done, but you know what? I feel like, like I said before, a weight off my shoulders, and I feel different. I'm better. Uh, I ask God every day, you know, help me with my character defects. I was quick to judge and criticize people. You know, and you know what? Some of us need more help than others, and I'm there, you know? I did a lot of people wrong, and like I said, my, my list is more like a book, and uh, my sponsor just said, just keep writing names, whatever, you know? I'm like, man, I don't think I'm ever gonna finish, you know? I, I burned everybody that I could that was around me, you know? Like, if you knew me, I lied, cheated, and manipulated my way around everything, you know? It's just to get my way. Um, it wasn't easy, you know, like, uh, tomorrow I have a year, by the way, so I'm happy for that. You know, it hasn't been easy, you know, I'm a little nervous because I'm going to be speaking tomorrow, but you know what? They, and, like, the whole time I'm sitting there, like, I'm just, like, a lot of people, you know, scared to come and uh, come up here and talk and just think about what I'm going to say. Just say the truth, you know. It's easier to remember the truth than the, the lie, you know. And um, I'm in the program, too. I'll be graduating next month again, you know. I never left, but, you know, I learned from my, uh, that was what my character defects, you know, I have sticky hands, and uh, like I said, man, I don't always have problems with drugs and alcohol. I have problems with, like, women, lusting women, and pornography, and, you know, easy money, all that good stuff, you know, just easy, just easy. I don't like to work for it, you know. Like, I just, I'm a sick person, you know. Like, I'm not right in my head, and I, and I finally accepted that fact that I need help, and, um, and I've been getting in thanks to this program. I got the tools to be someone different, you know, find a new way of life, you know. And like, I've been going to barbecues now, and you know what? I don't got to drink a used to have a good time, you know. As like now, I can remember everything. I don't got to be lying. I don't got to be doing this. I don't got to be doing that. And you know what? I don't got to be hired drunk to do dumb things. I do dumb things on the net, straight up. This guy, you could ask this guy. This guy will tell you. Um, man, I'm like. And, and, and I've been reflecting a lot, you know, on my past, of everything I've done. And you know what? 
I did a lot of messed up things, you know? And I tell myself, you know, like, I ask God, you know, like, why am I here? Probably to give out a message for someone else to, you know, learn from it. And I like to come to the meetings because I could click every single time someone comes up and talk, I click with them because I could relate in some way, shape, or form, you know? Um, I'm just tired. I'm just tired, like, of the same thing, of the same cycle. Like, me, I was just getting high and drinking and doing whatever I could, you know, just to sleep with someone and then don't remember it and then end up eventually in jail because I did something dumb. Coming, I got lucky to go to jail and come back and do it all over again, and I'm tired of the cycle. I know probably the next time I do something like that, I'll probably end up in the hole, you know, and I don't want to die an addict, you know. But I'm on step eight. Um, my step five was mad. That was some weight off my shoulder, too, you know, tell someone my secrets or everything I did. Um, it's not easy. It's really not easy. Man, I don't even know. I'm getting a little nervous, but you know what? Just come and share. Just come to the meetings. Like I said, I share, I, I, I click with everyone, and um, it hasn't been easy. To be honest, it hasn't been easy. I struggle every single day, and I wake up every day on my knees asking for God for forgiveness, and if he can forgive me, I can forgive too, so everybody that did me dirty, I got to forgive them just the same way, you know, like, because every day, like, I don't know, I do something good, and I want Instagram gratification, a pat on my back, oh, good job, or whatever, but you know what? I could do things now without having all that, just without even noticing I did it, you know, just having integrity, you know. Um, I'm still working on that, and uh, I'm a little more honest now, trying to be, I'm human, I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to continue making mistakes, but you know what? This program has given my kids back. You know, my daughters talk to me now, and uh, one of them's gonna be 15 next in, in September. And you know what? I'm happy for that because she didn't want me to be there. She's like, you know what? You're sober, you're clean. You could come see me. I'm like, all right. So in July, they're actually gonna bring them over so I could go to the zoo with them, and I'm happy for that because I didn't have that. They didn't want nothing to do with me. I would tell them, man, I'm taking it to the zoo. She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because they knew I was lying. I was never honest. I couldn't keep a promise. Um, like I said, I was the biggest liar, and you knew it. And you still just sit there and listen to me just to see what kind of BS I had to say. But you know what? Just keep coming back and share your story, man. You're going to relate to someone. Trust me, it's going to help. It's going to take that weight off your shoulders. Don't be scared or nervous. Nobody's going to criticize your judge. It's just all right here. Um, I'll take another 24. You guys come back. My name is Abraham. I am an alcoholic. And uh, thank you, kid, for you shared. Uh, I remember those days when we went to Denny's. Oh my gosh, I was brand new right there. You know, making you lease in step eight is uh, easy. It's an excited. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, sixty, eighty. By weight, you pick up the phone. I pick out the phone and put it back in. Over and over and over and over and over again. You know, it took me months. You know, after I was suggested to make amends. And finally I had the guts and the balls to tell my wife, honey, I am sorry for all the shit that they did to you. And blah, 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 blah. What, what, what could you know, do to do it better for you? And she looked at me and she said, this man is crazy. She looked at me and she said, how many times you think I hear that bullshit that you just tell me again? And she's looking at me and she said, look, you know, stop right there. I hear that many millions of times. 
So go to hell. And I said, thank you, God. You know, because, you know, you, the program tells you that, you, you know, sometimes people are not going to take you right. You know? And they're going to send you to hell. That's what my wife just did. So, you know, a few more days, I, I, I got brave again, and I, and I called my son. And I said, uh, David, I have to tell you something. And he said, go ahead. And I go, duh, 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 duh. he said, what? He said, uh, I said, duh, duh, duh. I said, spill it out, Dad. What the hell did you try to tell me? I said, look, this is, uh, I want to, you know, make amends to you. I want to tell you every cotton thing that I did to you, and he says, you were a kid, and blah, 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 blah. So I went over and over and over, and, you know, and the, uh, to make the story short, you know, he said, oh, well, that's it. And I said, you're going to say anything else? No. Oh, well. I said, these tries to make amends are going to be harder than what I thought. You know, because nobody's going to take this shit right. So finally, you know, I called my brother. You know, this is another story, but I destroyed my, my, my brother's wedding. You know, I was his best man and I'm a chef, so I did all the cooking and everything for him. But I was like, somebody was saying over here cheating, you know, my wife was there and my girlfriend was there and another girlfriend was there and so on. So anyway, my wife and my, you know, people got from Germany, from Mexico for this guy's wedding, you know. So anyway, in the middle of the dancing, my wife broke a goddamn uh, uh, glass in one of the girl, my girlfriend's head. You know, so anyway, a bro came up at the, at the damn wedding, you know, and uh, I destroyed completely my brother's wedding. You know? The, the wedding has to be stopped and everybody home and, and blah, 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 blah. So I called my brother and I said, look, this is happening. And then, uh, and he said, what are you trying to tell me? You trying to make amends to me? I said, but of course. He said, well, you are forgiven. Nothing happened, you know, I got divorced, you know, and I, you know, I live in my own <laughs> So I said, this shit is going to be easier for now on, you know? So I had the, you know, the guts to call my ex-wife, you know? And I said, uh, look, this is what happened, you know? And um, I said, well, they, you know, we were, uh, you know, blah, 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 don't, but don't worry, I forget you, and blah, 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 blah. So I tell her, um, what can I do to make it better? And uh, she said, nothing, just for, for, for me to see you better, this is all I need, you know? So anyway, I can tell you stories, you know, my, my, my stepson died about a month and a half ago, and I had the pleasure to make amends to him way before he died. And so I, I'm totally grateful for this program, I'm totally grateful for, for, for God allowed me to, to, to have a little peace of mind, you know, you know because, I, you know, to carry those, that... Uh, start through your whole life, it's not easy. And I'm just like Keith, you know, I went to Mexico to make amends in the, my father's grave and my mother's grave together at the same time. See, I did not, I did not know that I had an resentment against my mother, you know, because she was an angel to me all her life, you know? So I also have a resentment against her because I thought, you know, it was her fault to for let, not, never stood up to my father and let us be the share of us, you know. So I had to make a resentment to her, and also I had to make amends for her for what I put her through, you know. So this program works, you know. After you do this, believe me, 
the relief start to come, you know. A lot of stuff, you know, believe me, you know, over the phone is a lot of people didn't take it well. And with my wife, I did it again. And with my son, I did it again. You know, it, you know, you had to, to show them with an example. And with the example that you get in this program, it works. My wife and I, we're honey, honey now, you know, she forget about all that shit. Because I make amends four months, four, four years ago. So believe me, it works. Uh, I think that's all the time we have for sharing. And um... If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.